Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are Two Market Girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog. And this is our podcast where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog, and we keep you up to date on trending news topics in the vegan world. In today's episode, we're going to dive a little bit into our food blogger skill set and we're going to talk about styling food. Yeah, because I feel like it's one of the like trickier things of food photography. And I think just from having a food blog, it goes actually making the food and then it goes, you know, photographing the food. Those are the most difficult parts. Everything else, super easy. Like you can get followers so easy. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's why we have so many followers. (laughs) But from a creative standpoint, styling food is a lot harder than it looks. And oftentimes when it looks simple to the viewer, it's probably been the most difficult to photograph. Mm -hmm. Because like I think what people don't realize is like food styling isn't also just about like what the dish looks it's also about what the scene looks like right so yeah I think we've talked about this a little bit before but you kind of have to tell a story with the photo right because otherwise it's just going to be a plate with food on it in the middle of the frame and that can be nice sometimes but I mean where's what's compelling me to care about this photo yeah like minimalism works it can work for a lot of different food photos, but like it has to be done so well and your food has to really speak for itself for minimalist food photos to work. So why don't we kind of start at the beginning and kind of talk about how you learned about food styling? Um, How did I learn about food styling? I honestly don't really know. Like it wasn't anything I actually sought out to learn necessarily. It was more about like, Like, I didn't look up, like, food styling tutorials or this or anything like that. It was kind of more about, like, I looked up food photography and watching someone talk about how they um, set up their setup or how they set up their food photography station, all the things that they use, but also just looking at photos on the internet, you start to kind of piece things together about what looks good and what doesn't. Yeah, I kind of feel like, in a way, a lot of uh, creative skills kind of start by just absorbing all of the people around you who are doing it and the more you look at food photos kind of more in a critical way as opposed Mm -hmm. to just like oh that looks delicious let me double tap yeah so it's like when you look at a photo as opposed to like yeah just saying this looks great you know double tap this image it looks great you also like you you see something in the back and you're like why did they put that there this must be in the dish or this or like oh this is topped with this or you know they did this particular drizzle for this certain reason like you start to look at photos much differently when you're actually also creating that type of art or photography or whatever it is um you start to literally think about everything when you see a photo (laughs) yeah and when I look at them too I think about the photographer and I think okay so they specifically like bought these extra props or they arranged it this way and they thought of these accessories which would work really well because of this and you try to like put yourself into their mind and think Mm -hmm. of every single decision they made in that photo and why and it's it's honestly so fascinating yeah especially with like it's still some food photography still blows me away in a sense that like you look at it done and you're like wow that 
was so much work for just one photo like you had to make the dish and then a lot of things are prepped along the side or like when you see photos of like cookie boxes and how many cookies are in those box and you also have to like coordinate between the cookies of like which cookies go well together what textures go well together like it is so much work for especially those like elaborate food photos that like I feel like people don't realize that yeah like when you talk about those ones that have either a big quantity of the food or just a lot of components to the food all I think is like how did you what do you how do you manage having all of that food and like one of the one of my favorite little hacks that ever since you find out about it you're just like what everything is a lie but that whole idea of if you have something that goes in a bowl and it's a pretty big size bowl but you don't want to have to fill it with that much filling like let's say it's a smoothie bowl you put another small bowl in there upside down and then that takes up some of the space and it's easier to fill the bowl yeah so if you want like if you only need to make like because like a lot of times when you're a food photographer or taking photos of food whether you're a blogger or whatever it is like food waste is a pretty big part unfortunately because you want to make enough so that you have enough to make a photo that looks full that looks inviting that looks exciting so there's these like little when you find these like little hacks where you're like oh I don't actually have to make as much and this food doesn't have to go to waste you you use those so many times yeah I love discovering things like that and then I think too once you kind of get deeper into that world and you see some like serious food stylists like the amount of detail and just like using even tweezers to tweak things and I know sometimes they'll not necessarily I don't know if that's this is still true but in the past they would use a different food than what they're actually trying to mimic like I think I don't know when, but a while ago for ice cream, because it's such a hard thing to photograph, sometimes it would actually be like mashed potatoes or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mashed potatoes, I heard, was a common one for that. I do think that is more like when you break it, like when you look at, because there's so many different types of food photography out there, like a food blogger doesn't take food photos the same way McDonald's would for their ads, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think a lot of those kind of tricks are still used in like uh, adver- uh, advertising type thing for like a McDonald's or a restaurant and those types of tricks are used then but I don't think food bloggers necessarily do that at least we don't do you think that because with the rise of social media and obviously a huge part of social media is people are always sharing their food do you think that has made just like the consumer eye kind of more accepting of a natural looking food as opposed to the very stylized food that you might see from a brand I hope so. Like, I do think, like, I think people understand the different, like, the different categories of food photos. Like, I feel like if McDonald's started showing, like, blogger-style food photos, it still wouldn't be as necessarily great for them. I think there's, like, certain standards for different things that people expect. And people don't expect that, like, advertising, like, look from a blogger than say like or from social media than like a mcdonald's billboard or something like that um so i think it's people can understand that different types of food photographs exist for different areas of marketing and the industry basically yeah and i do think that like either from either side you can learn things from each one like Today, I saw something from a food stylist. Her Instagram is baked by Joanna, I think. And she'd bought a Whopper, like just 
from Burger King, brought it home, and then she had made a challenge to herself to style it like she would if she was actually on set photographing this burger, even though she just got it like straight from the restaurant. And it was interesting to see her fully take the burger apart completely. And like she noticed there wasn't enough grill marks on the patty. So she like brought in her tool and added more grill marks and then assembled it. And she added the, you know, the little lifts that you hide behind the condiments so that the bun sits just right. And all of the intricacies of every layer. Yeah, that's like food photography, like especially like even for us, like we do probably the simplest you can get other than like very minimalist photography, like in terms of styling food, like we don't really use that many Uh, things other than the food itself we don't use a lot of like photography tricks and things or anything like that and a lot of that is also to ensure that the food is still edible afterwards (laughs) but like there are so many different things that you can that you don't realize people think about like food photographers think about literally every single ingredient every single placement of like a pickle on a burger and all this kind of stuff how much the pickles coming out of the bun how much you see how much lettuce is on there where you're seeing ketchup or mustard drips like there's so many different things that go into styling something as simple as a burger right it takes so much patience and attention to detail and i mean i think it also because we are you know food bloggers i think our food should have a certain it should look natural it should look edible and you're right we do need to eat it but what do you think is like the most intense styling you've ever done for a photo honestly and it's it's very like roundabout here because i've been talking about mcdonald's so much but the big mac we i took that took so long to get that photo right because i wanted it to look like like a big mac people see in ads i wanted it to look perfect so i legit like place things so carefully on that burger and it turned out so well was it fun to try that style it was a lot of fun like i i think it's really fun especially since i was like trying to recreate something specific like instead of like it's just a random pasta dish that i'm just like taking a photo for it is something that exists already that people know really really well and it's kind of like a fun challenge to make it look as close to the original as close to like if someone looked at it you'd be like yeah that's a big mac obviously um i found it a lot of fun to really be like so intense about food styling and placement and everything making sure it's perfect and i think too that kind of speaks to what we were talking about earlier is like when you're first getting into it you kind of view a lot of photos and you might just try to recreate those photos just so you learn that technique and like you said you had something to reference so you styled off of what you'd seen in burger ads before so that can kind of help you learn and figure out how arranging things and styling things works and then you figure out your own style and your own twist you put on all of these basic principles right yeah exactly like I think a lot of like when you get into any kind of creative art I I don't know anybody who's been able to just go straight into their own like creative vision without originally creating something off of somebody else's version or getting inspiration from other people and then slowly but surely you change things up and you figure out what your style is what you care about in food photos how you want to style your food and all that kind of stuff now you were saying this before we started recording but you don't quite feel like you really know what you're doing yet even though we're like four years into this (laughs) yeah I feel like and maybe it's because I don't use all these like different tricks and like like 
teeny little things to do like I like I know about the bowl trick but we often don't use it like we've used it a couple times but really not that much um but like I see I don't like use a lot of that stuff so maybe I just don't feel like I'm quite at the level where I'm like thinking about every step and I also like when I go to set up a photo I still have those moments of like holy crap I have no idea what to do here and then I just kind of dive in and start moving things around and playing with it but I don't like pre-plan necessarily like I do a little bit like if I'm making a pasta I'm like okay maybe I should get some bread so I can do like a garlic bread or something on the side like with the tomato soup I made sure to have bread so I can make a grilled cheese for it for the side and everything but more often than not I don't really pre-plan and I don't necessarily I'm still not in the headspace of like oh I should grab extra of this ingredient so that I have some on the side or this or this because I'm still so focused on the recipe creation side of it rather than the styling of the food later that like I do think they almost always turn out great anyways but like I think I could be better at thinking ahead especially when creating a recipe about like how is this going to look on photos later I mean, for the record, your photos look great and they have come such a long way. It's crazy to compare like photos from a few years ago to the photos you're taking now. So I think you definitely have figured out what you're doing. Yeah, no, I think like obviously I'm I'm not naive enough to think that my photos look ugly. Like I know they're nice photos um, and I think I'm pretty good at like making ingredients and the final dish look good. It's more about like I still don't really have the like... When I see like photographs that I love a lot or ones that create like really great atmosphere and like it's not necessarily just like the food that shines. It's the whole image where there's like a really in-depth story like you're like, oh, someone slaved hours over this pie and this and there's apples in the background and there's this dark moodiness to it that like it just feels so cozy. I think that's more about it's more where I struggle the most is like setting that scene rather than making the food shine. I struggle with doing both, setting the scene and then also at the same time making the food really stand out with this amazing story you're able to tell. Yeah, it's those photos that you look at and you're just like, that is a whole mood. Like, that's not just a dish, but that's making me feel an entire emotion and imagine a whole kind of like lifestyle just around this little moment. Yeah, like you can picture the type of person that made that dish and who it's going to be enjoyed by and that like you can almost kind of picture like what they were wearing like it was like this like grandma in an apron slaving over this delicious homemade pie or like like you just get this like kind of emotional connection to this photo of a piece of pie and it's like kind of crazy that people are able to do that with a single photograph seriously when you see photos like that I just I want to know everything about how they did that and also how they found just like the perfect spot to take that photo because oh my god I know photos that are just taken in awkward spots and then that takes you out of the story yeah I think I agree I think there's some photos that like one of the things that we have been so um especially in recent years have been so pre- like pressed on in our photos is making sure everything in the photos makes sense and that includes where it's being taken like the background or whatever you're using and mm-hmm like you don't realize how jarring it is until you see a photo where you're like why is that there like it like it takes you out of the photo completely you're like yeah this food food looks great but this is a random thing in the photo that doesn't make sense why is it here 
Yeah. And I mean, I get the, like the impulse to do that because you're, you're looking at the photo and you probably think I need something to fill this gap. I just need something to add to the frame. But if you step back and you can't justify that item, then you're also going to kind of jolt the viewer out of the photo and just kind of like be confused. And so it's not as seamless of a situation but I get like in the beginning if you're just trying to figure out placement and get that kind of stuff together then you might you know just add a random plant in the side (laughs) yeah so like one of the things that I've always really wanted to do was to be able to create those big scenes where it's the food is complementary to the dish but it's also you're putting in props that aren't food based you know whether it's like a drink in the background I mean that's food based but like drink or flowers or it's a table setting and you've got a chair in the background or whatever it is that's one of the things that I've always and I mean I am limited with my space in my kitchen and our shooting space and what's surrounding me but those are one of those photos those are always the photos that like take me aback and stop my scroll on Instagram where I'm like wow so much thought went into this and it like you get so much emotion out of this single photograph which like is harder to do than you think especially with food because there's no human there for you to connect with it's literally just a dish um so like when you see those photos like those are always the photos that I've wished to be able to take well and I mean again limited on space limited on resources that kind of stuff but it's that pre-planning of how do you plan what goes what inanimate object, what non-food objects go well with this dish? What sets the mood that you want to create? Yeah, and I think that also speaks to a limitation of just like time as well. Because I mean, a lot of the times when you're photographing food, you're also, you know, maybe recording the video to go with it. Or there's so many other things on your mind. And like you said, like developing the recipe. So I feel like mm-hmm. if there was more space and more time to focus on it, then you could have days where you were just making the food and then days where you could dedicate to styling the food. And then you could make sure that you had all of those accessories and you had time to think through that. But in today's circumstances, you know, that is hard <laughs> to do. Yeah, no, that's... It's not really possible in today's circumstances. But you also mentioned, you know, having props ready for certain dishes. Like when we made the tomato soup, you made sure to have a grilled cheese. So do you find that there's Mm -hmm. certain foods or certain recipes that are maybe easier because those supplementary elements that you can add into the photo, they come more naturally? Honestly, I think, and maybe this is just me, I think soups are one of the easiest things for me to photograph. Um, because you can do so much with a soup. It sounds strange. That is not what I expected you to say. (laughs) I mean, I think there's other things too, but soups, I'm always so happy with the way our soup photos turn out because soups are generally pretty colorful depending on the soup you're making. You can always, whatever uh, non-dairy or dairy Uh, base that you put into it you always drizzle some on the top you add herbs to the top like there are so many different ways you could style a soup you can create action in there by pouring it or having someone spoon some some soup up like there's so much you can do with a soup and I think like I don't know it's just I find styling soup so much easier than any other food just because like I, I I honestly don't even know it's just easy to get the ingredients that are in the soup and make them work like putting croutons on top or having a sandwich on the side like grilled cheese or something like that I think it has so many different elements that you could add to it to make soup really pop and I know that seems like a weird answer but it's one of my favorite things to photograph because it's so easy to (laughs) 
you know, when you first said it, I thought it was kind of weird. And then I remember remembered that not only with photographing it, but also just with like eating it, you're just so into soup that of course <laughs> yeah. photographing it would just come so naturally because you're just you're so connected to the food on every <laughs> level. <laughs> Honestly, I think one of my and I think I'm getting better at it, but one of my least favorite things to photograph, I think is cookies, even though oh. I make them so much because I always struggle with how do I style cookies differently for each different cookie because it's all just a round cookie. Like there's only so many ways that you feel like you can style a cookie. It's stacked or it's crowded on a wire rack or something like that or dunking in milk. But there's all it like I always feel so limited when taking photos of cookies. So that's why usually my cookie photos are all pretty minimalist. I just focus on the cookie itself and styling the actual cookie to make sure it looks really, really good uh, in a photograph. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think there are cases where sometimes the styling comes from the layers of the food and then other times it comes from all the layers around it. And I, cookies are difficult to photograph. I don't, did you struggle when we did the cookie ebook? Because that's a bunch of cookies in a row and you don't want every page to look the same. Yeah. So I struggled with that one a bit because I was like, these like they're all different colors so the all the photos will look different but I feel like I'm taking the same photo over and over again like I could literally just be like okay this cookie's done leave the camera exactly where it is and sub the next cookie in um, so that's where I struggled with those ones because I just it felt so repetitive and maybe that's just me I don't like when the photos keep looking the same over and over again um, especially in something like an ebook where it's going to be very noticeable if it's the same photo over and over again um, I don't know. It just kind of gets boring when you don't feel like you can style it in a new and different way. No, I think that makes sense because you also don't want it to seem like you didn't put thought into it or that it becomes predictable. Mm-hmm. So like cookies, like again, one of my favorite things to make, but also one of the things I struggle with photographing the most. Oh, what a complicated relationship. <laughs> now, one thing we haven't really talked about in food styling is um, the addition of movement or motion yes you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about those drizzle shots poor shots those are my favorite photos to get still i love them <laughs> so much i think people underestimate movement in food photos so much because like you could have a really boring food and then as soon as you add kind of life into it and movement into it with whether it's drizzling something in or pouring something or whatever it is or sprinkling something on like it adds so much personality and so much interest to a photo of something you thought was pretty boring to begin with but now all of a sudden it's really exciting do you have a favorite kind of drizzle or pour i really like pancake shots so much mm -hmm. drizzling mm -hmm. like Especially so we're working on uh, another ebook right now and one of the recipes is for pancakes and doing that photo was so much fun because before I used to just, you know, do a drizzle shot, hope for the best on where the pores end up basically and hope it looks really cool. But now strategically planning it to um, bring it into Photoshop and layer the photos so that you can combine like three or four different photos to make that perfect maple syrup drizzle shot of a pancake stack is one of my favorite kind of photos to create because it's it involves so much different elements to food photography like it's actually the styling of the pancakes there but then you bring them into Lightroom and edit them and then you bring them into Photoshop and uh, mask them over each other it's so much fun it gets so technical and it takes so much attention to detail but those results are always so so satisfying 
it truly they're some of my favorite ones to see like to actually when the photo's done and finished uh i love looking at those poor shots they're consistently some of my favorite food photos we've ever done now i guess you could say that one downside is that you know sometimes the pancakes might end up very heavily syruped (laughs) yeah you use a lot of maple syrup in (laughs) those food photos for sure especially for pancakes and waffles and stuff because like what i was saying uh for us we mask the photos over each other so that you get the perfect pour in one photo rather than taking like you take five photos to get that perfect one photograph um so you like pour some on one side then you pour it on the other side then you pour it on the other side they are drowned in maple syrup by the end (laughs) i mean for the most part that's not really a problem for us but no i still eat them (laughs) (laughs) now i think for me like another really good pour and this is like a classic thing but always that look of contrast when the milk pours into a cup of tea or into a cup of coffee Mm -hmm. or even to like a matcha latte that movement and that um when the contrast hits and as it mixes i love good shots like that but another one that is very very detail specific is just like those icing sugar sprinkles yeah honestly my our um cranberry hand pies the one i retook mm-hmm, the photos mm-hmm. those are some of my favorite photos because they're just like those are the ones that like i wish every single photo could look like this because it actually feels like there's so much emotion and so much like you just you can set the scene in this photo it feels cozy it feels like someone is at home baking christmas treats like it just it, you feel so much in that photo now from a technical standpoint like what's the hardest part of doing one that's like icing sugar because it's so fine and it's just bright white so what is what is needed to make that photo actually work uh, so one of the most important things is making sure your colors are right in the photo. So your background needs to contrast with the icing sugar. So you need to take a darker photo, basically, because if you're using white icing sugar on a white background, it doesn't matter how sharp the image is. You're not going to see the <laughs> icing sugar. <laughs> like, it's just next to impossible. So always looking for it, like for the hand pie one, it has, I think it's me in the background, just uh my back my sweater is the background so making sure you're wearing something dark so the icing sugar really pops in that photo um and really um what is it called oh my goodness um doing a really really quick shutter speed so that you get it in the split second and it doesn't look blurry there are some beautiful photos out there where you get kind of that blurry movement but to me like I love it when it feels like like a stop a moment in time where there's no like it looks like everything is frozen I think that looks amazing Mm -hmm. and again just like the timing on getting that just right takes a lot of icing sugar sometimes but that's oh my goodness so much icing sugar and and for at least in my experience I always find when doing a pour shot or when doing some movement like this because it is such a like the timing has to be right on your camera, what shutter speed you use, all that kind of stuff. I prefer doing, I mean, I prefer it for all photos, but especially for this stuff, artificial light than natural light, because you just have so much more control over um, your lighting and over what the photo turns out to in the end and what your camera settings can be so that you don't have to sacrifice one thing or another because it's a gloomier day or a really sunny day. 
Yeah, I think adding in artificial light into your skill set has been huge for photography because also like you take amazing photos any time of day. You're no longer restricted by daylight, especially now that the days are getting so short. You just you have so so many possibilities open up by learning that skill set. Mm-hmm. That like honestly being able to take photos whenever you want, not being dictated by what the sun is doing in that day or how many clouds are in the sky is honestly one of the best things. But also doing like when I was talking about the pancake shot where you're masking in different photos, you want your light to all be the same. And light can change literally in a second when it's natural light. So having a flash or having whatever your choice of natural light or of artificial light is, having that there ensures that your lighting is the same for every single photo and makes editing so much easier. Oh, very true. Now, for people who are more beginner, I, th- this is a lot of techni- technical stuff that we've gone into, but I would almost suggest because kind of what I'm doing now, because I have to take food photos without Catherine and she's, mm-hmm. you know, she's the expert here, but I will even just practice arranging and styling food and then just taking a photo on my phone because that can still be a good photo, but what I want to practice is arranging the food and the whole scene and you don't necessarily need fancy equipment to master that part of the skill. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think food styling is something that doesn't necessarily come natural to a lot of people, to most people, I would say. Like it didn't come naturally to me either. Um And I think one of those things is taking every single opportunity you can to practice. So whether that's even if you're just making dinner for your family, style your plates and see how it looks. Even if you don't end up taking a photo at the end of it, practice like styling your plates with different types of foods and different things and garnishing with different stuff and just kind of experimenting with your everyday foods that you're using Um, because that's you're never going to like figure out what works and what doesn't work until unless you practice yeah and like the the best camera and the best lens and the best lighting can't help if you don't know how to arrange things in the scene like even how many items do you have so that it doesn't look unbalanced and things like Mm -hmm. that figuring that out can be the hardest part like we'll spend a lot of time just like slightly moving an item or just being like I need a different shape here and things like that and all of that can be done with things that you have around your house yeah Um, and one of the things that I think people um, kind of forget with food photography and food styling because I'll I would couple this into the food styling aspect because I think editing like the process of editing also falls into food styling because when you're editing a photo especially a food photo you want to make sure it still looks real like with fashion photography or lifestyle photography you can kind of play around with the colors a little bit you can kind of get a little bit more uh, like moodier or um, change up the blues and the warm tones and that kind of stuff and play around with it. It doesn't have to be so like hyper realistic, but for food photos, like people want to feel like this is something that they are going to eat. So you don't want your carrots to be this like weird shade of orange. You want them to look like carrots. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's something you would learn photographing like people too, where if you get too creative, then skin tones get all wonky and you're like, why does this person look kind of green or something like that? But <laughs> yeah, you're right. And especially if you're posting it on social media too, I feel like there's so so many filtered things that we got kind of over. There's just too many filtered things to the point where we kind of gravitate more to an authentic looking experience. So don't underestimate the um, settings that you can make yourself. And then 
I think if you just get some natural light, then hopefully you won't have to add that much in the edit. Even if you're just doing it on your phone, like on Snapseed or something, maybe you have to boost the contrast a little bit and brighten it a little bit and you, you could be okay with that. Mm-hmm. But I think, so diving into the actual styling of food, because I think we've talked about a lot of stuff that helps complement food, but mm-hmm. actually styling food is honestly, I think, one of the hardest parts of food photography, at least for me. Again, it'll differ for everybody. Um, but I find there's like two different ways you could go with food styling, at least in a in the broadest sense. There's like the really stylized food or there's the like imperfection works and is actually really, really nice. Imperfection, rustic, that kind yes. of look. Um, and e- both are equally as hard to get right, in my opinion. Um, especially, honestly, especially the rustic side, because like you could create this like messy looking plate and it could just look messy, not necessarily rustic. Right. So um, I think there's like these two. Ver- those are the two, like in the broadest sense, two ways of styling food. You make it look really nice, really stylized, like that perfect pasta swirl or whatever it is. Or you make it look like somebody's already been like digging into this dish already. Or this is truly like homemade by hand that kind of look and I think yeah with rustic stuff sometimes it's almost like you're trying to make it look perfectly imperfect like I think of the whole sometimes you'll have an ingredient that is just kind of like sprinkled around the table to look like oh look I spilled some but even getting that sprinkle in the placement of those little crumbs just right can be so difficult for it to actually look good truly Honestly, like the people who can strategically, like, so when I'm doing something, I'm looking at the, a photo of ours now when we did the uh, chocolate waffle sundae mm-hmm. um, and the photo, I have like an overhead shot with the ingredients scattered around and there's one where the sprinkles are kind of overflowing the bowl they're in. That was honestly one of the most frustrating things because it's like, I want this to look natural, but also not random. <laughs> Like, it took so long to get that bowl of sprinkles right. <laughs> Do you think that other people notice that? Or are we too far in that we can't not overthink it? Like, like I just, I want to know what a person who doesn't overthink <laughs> it sees. I think, I think what you're after, though, like, what I think is the goal for at least food photos and food photographers is that if it's done right, you shouldn't notice it. Right. Mm. I think it's when it's done wrong is when people are like, Oh, that looks weird or that looks odd or that looks placed strategically there. Like, I think it should feel natural. People shouldn't notice that so much styling went into it for the food photo to really be cohesive and make sense. Now I'm almost like trying to imagine if it would be difficult to do all of that, like just really wrong. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing, right? Like, I feel like there's been like there's the obvious things where it's like, oh, that doesn't make sense. It's not an ingredient. It doesn't make sense with the photo. Like that doesn't make sense. But it's like, can you dump sprinkles on a table wrong? Yeah, like <laughs> what if I just went and spilled a bunch of stuff in my photo? Like every ingredient was just kind of spilled and it looked like chaos, which is how it actually looks when you're making food. Would yeah. that could? And I just posted that. What would happen? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Should we do like? We've talked about this, but like almost an ugly food challenge because we've talked about, you know, styling, quote unquote, uh, ugly food or boring food. Boring food. Yeah. I think it would be so much fun because I think that's where you start to kind of learn like really interesting, colorful food is honestly one of the easiest things to photograph because 
the dish is doing everything for you. Like as soon as you have something really colorful, something with a lot of textures, you don't really need to do much other than lay a few things around the bowl or whatever it is. But when you like a dish, like the one that I struggled with a dish with like our skillet, cheesy chicken and rice thing, Mm -hmm. like something like that, where the whole dish is basically brown. Like it's really, it can be difficult to style those to a point where like it looks like a styled food photo. What do you think would happen if it was just a challenge? You have to photograph like a peanut butter and jam sandwich. Oh, that would be so much fun. I actually don't think that would be that difficult. So we should pick something harder or we should do both. We could do both. Honestly, I think it would actually be fun for everybody listening. If you have suggestions on things that like you think would be really difficult to take food photos of, let us know because I think there are a lot like I think cereal can be a notoriously hard thing to photograph. depending on the cereal like I think like a Rice Krispies or a Cheerios like how do you do a stylized photo of Cheerios (laughs) um so like I think things like that where you just like it's just those everyday things that people don't really think about in a stylized way or like in a specific way those are the hardest things to photograph and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich could actually fit into that or just a plain peanut butter sandwich Mm -hmm. oh yeah because then there's like one less color in there because that jam kind of helps you a lot no yeah the jam helps a ton especially like especially when it's already a brown food like adding in any kind of color really really helps the dish stand out and like makes the food photo so much easier it's like the we did those um vegan chicken and waffles just having that red oh yeah the um buffalo drizzle made it work so much better I think this will be a very fun challenge, even though once we go do it, I'm, I know I'm going to get very frustrated very quickly, but it's good to challenge ourselves. No, and I think that's where you learn the most is those times where it's like, oh my God, this doesn't work. Like I hate, like I have had those moments where I've gotten so, so mad taking photos because I was like, nothing is working. These photos don't look good. They look really bad. And I've gotten those moments where it's been so frustrating. I'm like, I just need to not do this because nothing is working. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of like scrap it all, maybe step away for two minutes and come back and be like okay let's let's try again yeah or like sometimes I'll come in with a very particular vision of like oh I know what I want to do and then that vision doesn't work and I get so down because I'm like this was like I was picturing it being so amazing and then it looks horrible (laughs) so you just like it's hard to get your mind out of the vision you already had for it where you're like okay now that one didn't work so stop thinking about it let's think of something different Oh my goodness. I hate when that happens so much. I feel like that is the the barrier to so many photos and just creative things is like when you have this idea in your mind and in your mind, you're like, it's so simple. I can picture it so easily. So I just have yeah. to copy exactly what's in my head and then you go to do it. And why doesn't that work? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I honestly, it, it's one of the worst parts of like creative creation in any sense um is when you have this idea that you're like this should work but it's not gosh it's such a bittersweet thing we do (laughs) so do you want to kind of leave people with your top tips if you're a beginner okay I'm trying to think because it can be so broad I would say always buy extra of the ingredient always Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because having extra of the ingredient is one of the easiest ways 
to create a little bit more personality into a photo, whether it's like if there's lemon juice in like a salad dressing or a marinade or whatever it is, you can have like a half squeezed lemon on the side. So it looks like there's personality. You can start to like piece together that story. So having those extra ingredients is really, really helpful when styling a food photo. I would also say, and I know we've talked about boring foods often being brown, but don't shy away from creating. Like I think... Like I one of for the example of most recently the tofu marinade we did mm. don't shy away from building up the same to- same tone over and over again like a lot of times people will talk about the color wheel and picking complementary colors to make sure it works and everything but like sometimes you can just do like a brown food can be on a brown background and it works really really well sometimes like don't be afraid of really breaking rules from time to time Oh, yeah. The rules are kind of there to help you get a framework, but they don't have they're not like a hard stop. You can break them whenever you need to or want to. Yeah. Um, I would also say garnish is your friend. Um, So whether it's like if you made like barbecued tofu, garnish with some fresh herbs or something like that, like that kind of thing can make food much more interesting and it's so simple and herbs cost like no money so garnish is your friend i would also say texture is your friend um Mm -hmm. when creating food photos you want to make them as interesting as possible and there's like two main ways to make things interesting it's color and texture so like look at colors that go together that create interest different shades of different colors but also look at textures so if you have something that's really smooth look for something that's a little bit more rough or rustic to complement that so that it's not all just this like one really simple texture across like I think people underestimate um so like one of the things that I like to look at for muffins is creating like a streusel topping because that texture can go such a long way than just like a plain muffin. Mm-hmm. And I think one of your best examples of using a lot of texture was when we did uh, a video on our YouTube channel about photographing a recipe and you had the chocolate cups and then around mm-hmm. it, everything was like a dark brownish chocolate tone, but they all had different textures to them, which made it not look to like single toned you know yeah so that i was actually gonna just mention that so we did a collab <laughs> with uh muriel benekisa um and we photographed one of her recipes and it was chocolate cups so obviously they're very brown but i kind of just like really leaned into those brown warm tones it went brown and warm throughout the entire photo but ensuring that the textures were different so still like the colors are the same so there's no change of interest there but the textures at each level are very different so the interest comes from the textures rather than the colors yeah it turned out so so well i still love that photo a lot and we can actually we can link that video in the show notes too so people can check that out because i think Mm -hmm. you can learn a lot just from food styling in that um but another thing i'll say for beginners too and it kind of goes back to what you said about garnishes or like any kind of topping that you're adding whether it's like a sauce or a drizzle or something don't do those things until right before you're ready to take the photo because if you're lucky enough to not be like us and not have to film it as well then you can get everything completely ready before you take the photo and sometimes if you're making something that is very time sensitive like if you're photographing ice cream 
basically set everything up and almost have a placeholder in the spot of the ice cream so that when the ice cream comes out you're just, you're ready to shoot it right away so all of that kind of prep can make sure that every element of the photo and all those garnishes or textures are at their best for your photo mm-hmm. and I do think another one I know we talked about photographing like boring and um, ugly food as a challenge for us but I would say like if you're starting off start with the really easy things because you'll get Mm -hmm. you know you'll get a little bit more confident and you'll get you'll still get really good practice and then you can lean into those more difficult things so again I think I think pancakes are pretty great because of the accessories you can add, like the maple syrup drizzle or the fresh berries that you can put in the photos as well. There's a lot to play with there. Yeah, I I would agree. I think pancakes are because like you can also play with height so you can stack pancakes to get like that really awesome dramatic photo of like a pancake drizzle or icing sugar sprinkle or whatever it is. But you can also if you want lay them flat on a plate like I've seen beautiful pancakes styled that way as well. So there's a lot of different ways you can style pancakes and I actually think they're a great introductory to food styling because there are so many different ways you can photograph them. So it's hard to do them wrong. Mm-hmm. And there's like, you can, again, there's so many things you could add to it. It's pancakes. You could add <laughs> peanut butter on top. You could add chocolate. You could add berries. You could add literally anything, basically. Accessorizing your pancakes is key. <laughs> <laughs> I would also, so speaking of pancakes, I was, it was really funny. I was making um, pancakes for the ebook that we have coming up. And so I was like pouring the pancakes on and I was actually getting really frustrated with how they were turning out shape wise. I couldn't Mm -hmm. get these like beautiful round pancakes that I wanted and they were like kind of different sizes like they just weren't going to stack as nicely. So I got like the biggest cookie cutter I had and it's a metal cookie cutter and put it in a pan and then poured pancake batter into it. Let it cook for like half a second then removed the ring mold and just let it continue cooking. It was perfect. Oh, There's like really fun tricks you can do. Like, again, that's another point of food styling doesn't just come at the end when you've made the dish. Think about it the whole way through. Is there a way I can make the end product like better if I think about it now before I cook my recipe? So whether it's pancakes, making sure to get the shape right and getting them consistent or cookies like something that I actually have been doing when cookies come out of the oven you take a round cookie mold that's slightly bigger than the size of your cookie you put it um around the cookie and then you scoot it so the cookie becomes like that perfect round shape oh my goodness all of these secret hacks (laughs) so like there's little things you could do that aren't just at the end like putting the photo or putting your food in a scene to now style it whether it's twirling whatever Like there's things you can do in the process of making your food to make sure it looks really, really good too. And I think like finally do also kind of absorb and surround yourself with food photos that inspire you and kind of get you in that mindset. Because for me, sometimes you just spend hours scrolling through food photos and by the end you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, I want to try some of this. Yeah, honestly, like go to Instagram, follow a bunch of different food photographers because when you see really amazing food photos in your feed all you want to do is make some yourself or eat it yeah or eat it (laughs) i do have a question before we go devin does food styling change for video have you noticed at least i oh see i don't know because sometimes it can feel like it's easier on video because you can kind of hide things or you can cheat on things that kind of look bad Mm -hmm. i find so like if you don't have a nice background 
you can just shoot really close or just shoot overhead and but with video I feel like you have a lot less leeway on if things don't look fresh enough like if something looks really soggy Mm. it's a lot harder to fix things in post from a detailed standpoint when you're doing video because of all the movement right but like I don't know because I feel like when as long as the scene has been set really well either for the photo or for the video it's about the framing and it's about which things you highlight so with video it's where do you get those macro shots where do you move close up if it's a drizzle well you want to get it wide and then you want to get really close to see it, like going over the edge of the pancakes and things like that right mm-hmm. so I don't know if it's harder I feel like it's easier but what do I you mean? think so I, yeah, I feel like it looks harder what you do than what I do <laughs> <laughs> but before we leave you I would like to um if you're looking for some amazing food photographers to follow, to get inspired by, I would look at The Bite Shot. She also has a YouTube channel that has so much useful information. And I think she's talked about food styling before as well. So a great source to go to. Um, but another one that I really, really like, and I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but Bay Lubas, B-E-A-L-U-B-A-S, She actually just came out with a book called How to Photograph Food. Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm very interested in it. But her photos are always beautiful and amazing. And I would really recommend you take a look at her content as well. And we will link both of them in the show notes. And we also mentioned Muriel. She's amazing, Mm -hmm. too. She has a newsletter and stuff. She posts tips every week that are very helpful. So I would definitely recommend her as a resource. Yeah, I actually really, really like uh, Muriel's photos because she's not afraid to dip her toes in so many different styles and she does them all so well yeah and honestly she makes it look so easy and that is the sign of a good photographer I know I watched her videos and I'm like how I don't how I don't <laughs> understand <laughs> uh, but you know we'll, we'll go have our fun with ugly foods and boring foods yeah I actually think it would be a really fun video to do me too we'll do it we'll do it it'll happen yeah you heard you heard it here first yeah, so also, so send in um, your recommendations for boring food for us to photograph. We'll also start thinking of a list as well, because I think it would be a really fun challenge. And if people like it, I feel like it's something we could do like uh, like regularly, because I think it would be challenging for us and also still useful for people. You know how much Catherine loves a challenge video of any type. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to be it for this episode of the podcast. If you want to check out any of our recipes and the beautiful photos that go with them, they're at twomarkergirls.com and our videos are at twomarkergirls on YouTube. And we are on all of the socials at twomarkergirls. Yes, and um, our ebook that we have coming out, it'll be a gingerbread themed ebook. I'm actually very, very proud of all of the photos in that ebook. So if you feel so inclined, whenever that comes out, purchase that because those photos are great because gingerbread is the best but if you're also still in pumpkin bread season or pumpkin spice season we've got an ebook for that as well so we will link that one in the show notes (laughs) and that's it thanks for listening bye